As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher. Good evening, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose. This is Brothers in Arms. How are you fellow cooped up comrades of the coronavirus doing? <laughs> comrades. Com- com- I'm in New Jersey, so it's the People's Republic of New Jersey. Oh, I was going to say, I prefer brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we all doing Friday? A little bit cool. And we got a, a nasty uh, like cold streak coming in for Saturday, apparently. Oh, do we? Yeah, like it's, it's going to be cold out there. I, I did all this planting and everything, trying to get close to nature, get in front of the soil, get, you know, work on my microbiome a little bit, you know, kicking <laughs> up some soil. And now all my plants might be dying soon. Really? Well, you should have consulted Jim Hoffman, the weatherman, before you did all that, Bill. Uh, <laughs> Jim, where were you when I needed you? Because apparently tomorrow's going to get kind of cool. I say, I think we're in the, the southern band. I think uh, we're going to stay just above freezing. I think... Our brothers up there, our comrades up in North Jersey and New York and everything might get a little freeze. So wow, we'll I didn't realize that. That's uh huh. But I did notice the heat was on this morning when I got up in my house. So No, you know, automatic, anyway. right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's Friday, May eighth. Can you believe it's May right now? I, I feels like because of this whole corona catastrophe. That that it's um, still we March. lost two months. It's still March right <laughs> yeah. now. It be Even the March. weather, the w- weather is saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As I was driving here, I kept looking around. Was there a one way? Was on a one way or not? Because it seems like every food store you go into and everything, there's one way. It's, I'm taking it to the streets now. I don't yeah. know if I'm coming or going at this point. <laughs> I don't know if you're experiencing these. Yeah, you can blame that on the virus, Bill, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is what it is, guys. Hopefully, you're doing well out there and, and staying safe and. And uh, your families are doing well. Certainly, uh, if you know anyone who does have this, you know, keep them in our prayers for sure. And, and, and make sure you, you pray for everyone for this May, this month of Mary as it is. Um, she's there for us and have her have her take us home so we can get back to work, get back to life, get back to church most of all. I mean, I can't go to a church right now in yeah. New Jersey. At least you guys can. We can in Pennsylvania actually being able to go to uh, confession on Saturdays uh, has been open. So that that's nice. Well, we don't even have confessions right now, so mm. I guess I'll have to drive to Pennsylvania with everyone else listening to this on the other end of the radio. Come on over to Pennsylvania, Bill. <laughs> it's God's country. <laughs> there you go. So listen, as we do every month, uh, we have a saint for uh, this month. Who's who's our saint? We do, uh, Billy. And, um, you know, our show is actually delayed. We we're, Normally, we're the first Friday of every month, right? We're on the second Friday this month. Um, something came up with you for work last it week, did. so we had to postpone till this Friday. Uh, but our saint of the month is um, the feast of St. Joseph the Worker, which would have been last Friday, May 1st. But uh, we figured, you know, let's still, it's such, it's just an incredible story. I learned a lot of actually about the feast that I did not know before. So we said, let's, let's keep it anyway. Well, you let's know? dive into it. Yeah, I, sure. I love St. Joseph. So as you know, uh, St. Joseph the Worker, he's the patron saint of labor. And on May 1st, 1955, Pope Pius XII, the great Pope Pius XII, proclaimed the feast uh, as an answer to communism's May Day. Did you ever, did you know that? 
Uh, I'm sort of feeling it in May right now, so keep yeah. going. Well, he, uh, you know, he, he he indicated that you know St. Joseph's role in the fight against communism uh, when he proclaimed this this feast for May first, and you know, uh, May first had had been a day that the communists set apart the Communist Party uh, in Russia as a day of worldwide public demonstrations on a grandiose scale to proclaim the glories of communism and to flaunt its claims of tremendous progress and power, which I never realized that. That's what May Day is. Um, And it's a communist celebration. So Pope Pius XII, by dedicating this day to St. Joseph, uh, he Christianized it as a holy day for workmen and offered a powerful challenge on the part of the church to counteract the influence of communism. So it's... uh, I I never knew that. And there's actually... uh, you know, St. Joseph has, there's, so there's two feast days, right? Because there's also a feast day in March. So he's one of only three people to have two feast days in the church. Can you guess the other two? I'd say Mary. Mary, for sure. And uh, St. John the Evangelist. John the Evangelist. Wow, yeah, that I would not. not have guessed. So, <clears throat> um, but on the feast of St. Joseph, uh, on March 19th in 1937, uh, the Pope issued uh, an encyclical on atheistic communism. And he, he uh, you know, wrote in that, uh, in that encyclical, he, he named St. Joseph as the heavenly patron of the vast campaign of the church against world communism. So even almost 20 years before, uh, you know, 1937, he, when a lot of intellectuals were, were still supporting communism, and some even do today, uh, but it wasn't known to be, I think, as much of the threat as it was after World War II, right? Sure. It was, it was before World War II started. So Pope Pius XII, very, um, uh, you know, prophetic uh, in a way, you know, declaring that that St. Joseph is the saint that we need to battle the evils of communism, right? And in some ways, right now, this this virus that's taken over the world is is uh, become so powerful, really, because of communism, right? From From what we've seen in the news that... Um, from what our government says that, you know, the, the Chinese government, they didn't intentionally create or release this, I think, but just the, the, the system of communism, right, that, that uh, it's always right and to cover up mistakes and things yeah. like that, lack of transparency. I would even say, I would even say <laughs> communism prevents us from even knowing what the heck happened, <laughs> so we yeah. can't even draw any conclusions. Yeah, well, this is like, you know, people say, uh, you know, China's Chernobyl. If you ever, you know, know much about Chernobyl, I saw the mini miniseries on Chernobyl uh, uh, on HBO a while back, and it's terrifying. I had no idea how much the uh, the, the Soviet Union covered up uh, that incredible disaster. And, and Mikhail Gorbachev later came out and said that Chernobyl was the uh, it was the final straw that broke the back of communism in Russia because of all the resources that it sucked up and the amount of money and just the, the complete catastrophe that it was. It almost destroyed all of Eastern Europe. Yeah, no, it did. It was, it was and to this day. Yeah, uh, it's still know, a problem. It's, it's still, still there. It's still a problem. You look at the <laughs> mutations of the, uh, the animal life and plant life and so forth, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully this is not Chernobyl. Um, you know, uh, fortunately, most people are going to be fine with this uh, virus. So, you know, don't don't get too concerned. You know, um, I think the, the Chernobyl of this virus is, um, you know, the economic uh, catastrophe sure. that's really occurring. Yeah. When you look at the, the sheer numbers, the mortality rates and, uh, and so forth. 
So, you know, it's just, you know, St. Joseph the worker might very well be the perfect saint for this month just because we need work. Yeah, well, we it's... We need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah, isn't it appropriate that the uh, the, the month of Mary, uh, May, is kicked off by the feast of St. Joseph the worker, <laughs> right? The terror of demons, the protector of, yes. uh, of, of the Blessed Mother and... And the Christ Child, my my patron saint, Saint Joseph, is he? Yes, he is. He oh, is that's my great. Patron, he's my he's my surrogate father. That's awesome. Yep. So I I, I have a great devotion to Saint Joseph, and mm. and in my personal life, he's uh, really come to my aid in a lot of a lot of causes. So I recommend anyone out there to to develop a devotion to Saint Joseph. There's some great novenas to Saint Joseph, and just in general, just embracing him as a a spiritual father, uh, you can't go wrong. I mean, God the Father had him in mind to take care of his son, so. Yeah, and we've been talking about him a lot lately, even, uh, you know, the new book out by Father Donald Calloway, Consecration to St. Joseph, which just had incredible uh, endorsements from Scott Hahn and Jim Caviezel and other people, and and that this book will be as influential as True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. So um, I think the next uh, period when you can uh, do the consecration, I think it starts in July if I'm not mistaken. I'm planning on on doing that. It's a 33-day consecration to That's a good uh, plan. Everyone Saint pick Joseph. pick that pick that one up. Uh that's a phenomenal uh resolution for July. Yeah, yeah, sure. great book and you can get yourself ready for it. Did you read it yet? Uh I've I've read about it. I've kind of leafed through it, you know. It's 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 um So it's on the uh Rose bookshelf right now? It is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I gave it to a friend, uh our neighbor next door. He was having some issues with his daughter and he really needed uh the help of saint joseph and he and i were talking uh his daughter's in a uh juvenile detention center right now Mm. and uh and man he really appreciated he loved it you know uh and and he's reading through it right now so i'm not (laughs) at least you buy another one yeah yeah (laughs) you know i think that 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 particular book is his now (laughs) yeah it is it is but uh we'll get there All, all in good time right all in good time. So I guess that what we'll do, guys, is uh, we're going to break for about two minutes and get back and talk a little bit about the news and then come back with an interview uh, with a dear friend of ours. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. She got a really short haircut that she hated, and I wrote her a note and put it up on the mirror saying that she was a cute girl with cute hair. I got him mustard and mayonnaise for his sandwich when we were having lunch. Today we've actually organized a date night tonight. And silverware and napkins. Wasn't that wonderful? What have I done for my marriage today? Wow, that is a great question. I took the baby while she worked. I suppose I I, I didn't yell at him for anything yeah, at all. Done. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. I've carried my wife's purse. What have you done for your marriage today? What have I done? I listened to my wife uh, when we talked on the telephone today. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. She really likes it when I listen. What have you done for your marriage today? Little things can make a big difference. For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. 
coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for, for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to and I know where I'm going and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Moore. I'm here with George Rose, my co-host. This is Brothers in Arm. We're here back for the our second session, if you will, for our radio program on this Friday, May 8th, this sort of sort of chilly Friday, May 8th. It's a uh, you know, 50s in early May is not mm. exactly it's like football, want. football weather, not baseball. Uh, yeah, weather, right, Bill? yeah, yeah. But it's, we're just all off, you know, at this point. You know, we got to get the, you know, the sun's got to come out. We got to get, well, although yesterday was actually kind of nice. Yesterday was beautiful. Actually, my son cut uh, our grass for the first time on the, uh, the lawn tractor. So let's ask you this. How many <laughs> times did you peek out the window to make sure that your, your son wasn't driving off a cliff or something? <laughs> uh, a, a few <laughs> from the upstairs bathroom i was watching yes there you go there you go secretly you didn't want to kill his confidence but you know you were watching he actually did a great job he's 14 you know he wanted to start doing this when he was like oh 10 or 11 he wanted that to be his household chore and i just thought he was too young to get on the tractor but now he's uh he's he's right there he did man's work yesterday i'm afraid to do that um because i know things that shouldn't get run over will get run over rocks will get kicked up into windows and glass <laughs> i just i just know these things are going to happen somehow the belt that controls the the blades on the on the deck of the mower uh came off of the um i don't know what you call them but came off of the uh the track the tracks <laughs> yes came off of the tracks it never happened even once when I was cutting the grass. No, it happened the funny, very first time Fortunately, that was just an equipment <laughs> malfunction and not, like, damage to something. So, yes. I mean, I mean, the hose would be the first thing I'd imagine would be chewed up, right? You know, that gets laid out because we have chickens, <laughs> so the hose gets extended and they fill oh, up the yeah, water yeah. from chickens. <laughs> so anyway, I, I've stayed away from that, and uh, I've been happy because of it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be very happy if he takes over this this task. It'll be great. Oh, a little, But so. for me, cutting the lawn was therapy. So I kind of miss it a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. But so you got some movies you want to talk about. A yeah, bit. I figure, you on? know what, Billy, every, we're all stuck at home for the most part these days. And I'm sure we've been watching uh, some some TV and movies and stuff. And I watched one called, um, well, there's two two I'd like to speak about. One, first one was I Still Believe, uh, okay. which is a movie about uh, Jerry, Jeremy Camp and his first wife, the the contemporary, contemporary Christian, Christian music singer. Yeah. He's, he's really good. He's one of the top selling Christian artists of all time but uh it's the story it's written it's made produced by the same guys that made the movie uh, i can only imagine um and uh it's it's really incredibly well done and i did not know the story of jeremy camp and his first wife uh who had stage four ovarian cancer um was diagnosed with that uh before they were even engaged wow uh and he he still proposed to her they still got married there was a miraculous healing in the movie, and then there was um, incredible sadness um, afterwards as well. It's it's you know it's it's a good movie to watch. It's very romantic, and the commitment of him to his wife wow. in their short time together was uh, extraordinary. You know the conviction that he had that this, despite everything, that this was the woman that he's supposed to be with and marry. So you think that this is a good Friday night movie for husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend? Oh, for sure. 
Okay, yeah. so what's the name of it again? I Still Believe. I Still Believe, guys. I Still Believe yep. for tonight. So what's the other movie? And the other one is, and I haven't watched this one yet, but I've, I've heard about it. Actually, Jez Ford, our good friend Jez Ford, told me about it. Uh, the Chosen. Have you heard of that, Billy? I have not. So it's a crowdfunded movie about uh, the life of Jesus. And it's done Ooh. from the historic, from the perspective of his followers. And it's... Um, it's actually, I think it's the largest crowdfunded movie of all time. So the actually, I, I saw it on social media. Actually, I did now now because yeah. there's there's a lot, there's a big social media push for this movie. Yes. So there's going to be multiple seasons. I think like eight or nine seasons or something like that. And the first season's been completed. That's what they raised the money for. Over ten million dollars to wow. crowdfunded by sixteen thousand people, who are actually in, in, all investors in the movie. And the first season's uh, the first season is eight episodes. <clears throat> and what what exactly is the movie like? Like who produced it? Like, who were the? Um, do we know? It's uh, some Christian uh, producers who okay. you know. <laughs> is that a good answer? <laughs> works. For I me. don't know the name of the guys <laughs> who produced it, but you could go. Uh, I know they had produced. Uh, I read um, Christian music documentaries before. Okay. One of the guys right. that was his. So they're uh, not naive to the business. Not the first time they've done it. They're professionals, and and everything I've read about it is, is incredibly well done. And wow. Jez said it was it was really amazing. So he saw to the watch. whole. So you can watch the whole first mm. season. Right yeah, now. I think they actually made it. If you go to the website, you can uh, download it. it was free uh, during during this this shutdown. Uh, I know for sure it was in the months of March and April. The Christian Broadcast Network produced a, uh, uh, an interesting docudrama. Mm -hmm. So it's like a t it's like a movie slash drama. It's called St. Patrick. I am Patrick. Oh yeah, that was really good too. So that, oh, I haven't seen that. I yeah, wanted to watch so, that. So you can you can get that too. That's another one uh, that kind of just popped into my head. Yeah, yeah, that was supposed to be released. I think right it, right yeah, before the it was supposed to be in the theaters. Pandemic, but hit. that was shut down. Yeah. So you can get it on DVD or get it streaming. Okay. And uh, it was really good. It was it was really well done. Great, great. Uh, Can't I was, wait to check was, it out. I was impressed. It's actually my son's uh, confirmation name is uh, Patrick. He Patrick. loves Patrick. He loves St. Patrick. Although not quite sure yet when the confirmation is going to happen. But um, so anyway, the chosen. I think it's eight episodes. You can binge watch it if you want over a weekend. Um, but it's supposed to be phenomenal. So I'd I'd, I'd recommend it. Corona binge. Go yeah. for it, guys. Chosen. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the two mo movies that I wanted to review. What do, what do you got there, Bill, on the news front? Well, one of, one of the things right away is um, the cause for the sainthood of uh, Carol and Emily Wojtyla is up. That's who the are parents. they? <laughs> the parents of the great John Paul II, Saint Great John or Great Saint, Saint John Paul the Great. Yes, there you go. Thank you, George. <laughs> uh, we're, we're all joking before the show started. I literally got no sleep last night, so I'm like I'm beyond punch drunk. I'm like. Um, I don't know what you would call that. You look Smash surprisingly drunk? well. <laughs> I don't feel it right now. I mean, now. your eyes are clear, you know, you get your... your uh... Well, I need that to get home. I need to be able to drive home after this. <laughs> that you do, yes. <laughs> for sure. And hopefully, say a prayer for me, guys, that I get a good night's sleep tonight. I need it for sure. But anyway, Carol and Emily Wojtyla, the, the parents, one of the great things about one of the articles I read about it in Catholic News Service was uh, the, the statement that John Paul II used to always say. He'd always say that saints make saints mm. you know the idea that you know raising you know your kids in a, in a saintly environment trying to live your faith you know joyfully joyfully we're going to interview father jeff kegley in a little while and he's the one that really really impressed that upon my mind that you know we as believers we're supposed to be joyful the gospel is good news so mm. joyful living in the faith 
mm-hmm. not sternly living the faith, joyfully living the faith. That's how you make saints. And and uh, that's one of the things that struck me about reading about that. So we, we certainly want to pray for that cause. The other thing is... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, it's his uh, uh, 100th birthday, anniversary of his birthday this month, May wow. 18th. Pope St. John Paul II. Wow, yeah, I guess he's dead 15 years. <clears throat> he was born 100 years ago uh, on May 18th. Wow, time goes by, huh? Yeah. The, the other uh, article I thought was interesting was um, a Harvard professor is actually attacking homeschoolers. Elizabeth Bartholet has written that basically saying that 90% of homeschooling families are driven by conservative Christian beliefs and seek to remove their children from the mainstream culture. Duh. Some homeschooling <laughs> parents are extreme <laughs> religious ideologues, she says, who question science and promote female subservience and white supremacy, she writes. Now, the funny thing about this is, is this flies in the face of all the real data that's out there. And one of the the statisticians, actually a sociologist out of Notre Dame, David Sakink, actually kind of is debunking this. He points out that it's only about 16% of homeschooling families that actually primarily uh, educate their kids from home for religious reasons. Uh, a really big portion of them actually do it because of scurn, uh, concern about the school environment, safety, drugs, negative peer pressure. And upwards of 11% of the parents report homeschooling because their children have special needs. So, I mean... This is just a real hit job on on homeschooling parents, and and it's 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 worthy to get out there and actually maybe uh, you know the homeschool defense network uh, league and so forth. There's all these. Yeah, different... I think the woman that wrote the article that she compared it, you know, to white supremacy well, yeah, and all this it's kind exactly of nonsense, what she said, right? Yeah, she's yeah, obviously got a bone to pick, you know. But yeah. I, I just love how you know keeping them away from mainstream culture, as if that's not toxic. <laughs> oh my. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Found that to be. And pretty the education's funny. so good in, uh, you know, you know, cer- certain areas of the country, and particularly, you know, some of the urban environments. I mean, the school. I mean, look, New York City public schools. You know, w- would you be happy if you were, you know, stuck with oh, having to send yourself to certain I, public I, schools I in New I, York City? I think I'd rather move to Paraguay, to be honest with you, and have educated there, yeah. learn Spanish. Yeah. You yeah. know, but uh, the, the other article I thought we'll finish before we go to break is um, I thought this is interesting. This is from Catholic News Agency, also by Scott Smith. He writes that the top seven times science have proven the Bible to be actually, in this case, right. Top seven So I thought signs. this is our top seven list. A little drum roll. Thank you very much, George. Here we go. The first one is the Big Bang and the priest who discovered it, Father George Lamatre. So for a long time, they fought against the idea of the Big Bang because, well, if there's a Big Bang, there must be a big banger, therefore a God, a, a mm. prime cause or, or, or original cause. So that was fought against. And it, really, it was even just recently that they s- discovered with satellites that they actually measured the movement of the universe from a single point. So that's been proven now by science that there okay. was a Big Bang. And where's this uh, info from, Bill? What's this? Catholic the... News Agency. Okay. The gotcha. other one I thought was interesting, I've read about this before, before, but there is a mitochondrial argument for the proof of Adam and Eve that if you trace the, the mitochondria, particularly of the female, you can actually bring it back to one source, or in this case, two sources, and Adam and Eve. So there's an argument from science that there was an original couple. Now, I'm not against the idea that God used evolution. But it is interesting that at least, you know, they can trace. What is the mitochondria? Is that part of your DNA? Yeah, the mitochondria is the power plant of every cell. Okay. So it's found in every cell. And, you know, there's there's even theories of the mitochondrial cause of, of human aging and death, you know. So the mitochondria is pretty darn important. 
And yeah, uh, I don't think I've heard how... that word since high school biology. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was interesting was proof of Noah's flood in the Black Sea. So they've have uncovered archaeological evidence that there was settlements underneath the Black Sea. And the, the, the thought there is that there was a catastrophic, you know, earthquake or whatever, and the Bosphorus Straits broke apart, and actually the Mediterranean spilled in, and, and actually extended the Black Sea out and covered the whole region. And there's been, you know, the, the, the talk is every culture has these flood yeah. stories and myths mm. and so forth. So they have some proof that at least certainly a huge portion of the Black Sea wasn't there and there were settlements there. So that's interesting. That is interesting. The other thing was Abraham and his camels. You know, there was an argument in, uh, by... Say what? Uh, exactly, right? What's up with the camels? And not camel cigarettes we're talking about. We're talking about live <laughs> camels. And what the argument was is about 10,000 uh, B.C. or so, there were no camels. And mm-hmm. this is about, you know, the, the story of Abraham talks about how he used camels in his caravan. Well, they actually have recently discovered um, that there were camels back that time. And they've, I'm not going to get into the, the, to the science of that, but it was archaeologists have proven there were camels. Same thing with the okay. next one. It wasn't, it wasn't that Abraham was smoking camel cigarettes. No, no, no. no. Good, he really God. was riding a camel. And they, were, <laughs> they did have domesticated camels back then. That's the point. So, but explain the connection to me again. So The connection was that... Um, some skeptics of the Bible looked at the present archaeological evidence that there were no domesticated camels, and therefore the mention of camels in the Bible oh, must be wrong. It, it must have been later on. Fake story. Correct. Okay. And now there's new archaeological evidence showing that there really was camels back then. How about gotcha. that? Gotcha. Okay. Um, another one is King David's not so little kingdom. You know, there was arguments. Well, it really was so small. And they've unearthed some cities with some amazing amounts of treasure in them and archaeological evidence of massive amounts of trade and so forth. And then the final one is the Shroud of Turin. And the, the big point of the Shroud of Turin, because you can watch videos on this stuff and everything, was that there was an energy source that created that image. And Really, to this day, there hasn't been that kind of an energy source other than radiation that we have in modern technology to be able mm. to, to create that image. Mm. So, you know, i.e., you know, it's, I guess it's kind of like an X-ray image or something. Yeah, I guess, it, huh? it, it, it is. So I recommend uh, just I, I just wanted to tickle your interest because we got to go to break. But I wanted to tickle you to find that article by Scott Smith. It was fun read, actually. So without further ado. Oh, Billy, one other, one other thing I would like to mention I saw out there. Um Franciscan University, I don't know if you saw this, but they have uh, announced that tuition for all incoming freshmen to Franciscan University has been, uh, it's going to be free, suspended. So, yeah, they don't want, uh, one, they don't want uh, young people who've been accepted at college to be afraid to come, right, because of the virus and all that, but also because of some of the economic hardship that some kids and, and their families might be uh, encountering due to this, you know, the, the, the virus that that would not be an impediment to them coming uh, to Franciscan. So they dipped into the reserves. Wow. Uh, for to, like a semester? For the first semester. Wow. For, well, I don't know how many incoming freshmen there are at Franciscan. I, I would imagine it's got to be, you know, oh, I, I, it's, it's a college. Seven, eight hundred <laughs> kids at least, right? I, I, whatever. Um, There's a number. Yeah. It's a big and one. Franciscan really is a very reasonable uh, tuition even to begin with. I've always thought, you know, it's it's 
Well, they're um, going to get a great education. Think about some of the professors that teach there. I mean, I mean oh, yeah. I mean, my guy, Scott Hahn. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, oh, yeah. it's a phenomenal university, for certainly it's, for religious studies. Yeah, but, it's like the hub of the, you know, the, the Catholic world in, in the U.S. Actually, I would say in the world. Well, yeah, one of them, certainly. You know, there's, the fruits there's a, there's a that few come others, out of there yeah. are just, you know, unparalleled. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. Well, well, good for them. And, you know, it, all the more reason to make a donation to Franciscan University for uh, yeah. make sure that their doors can stay open. So Very anyway, we're, we're, guys, we're going to be back in about two minutes, and we're going to talk to our dear friend, Father Jeff Kettley. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Ask Sister Lisa Valentini whose life she'd pick if she could choose anyone's in the whole world, and her answer will always be the same. I'd pick mine every time, she'll tell you. Pennsylvania native, she served in the missions of Peru, Chile, and the Dominican Republic. I love being a missionary, Sister Lisa says, adding, it's amazing to think that God allows me to share in the wonderful work of bringing his good news to all people. We're all involved in sharing that good news. How amazing, indeed. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, Visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in His church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teens spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that persecute you. Forgive not once, but 70 times seven. We have to be honest, we have to be just, and we have to be kind and gentle. Listen to the wisdom of Father Benedict Groeschel weekday mornings at 9 a.m. right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Well, welcome back, my brothers, on this Friday, May 8th, this chilly Friday, May 8th. This is Bill Maher, and I'm here with my co-host, George Rose, and he is my brother in arms. <laughs> but, but more importantly than us, we have a dear friend of ours, a great priest in the Diocese of Trenton, Father Jeff Kegley. How are you, Father? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We Better for talking to you. Yeah, thanks for coming on today, <laughs> Padre. We appreciate it. Lord of God, it's good to be here. Yes, and breathing the the fresh air. Uh, you know, we're we're kind of talking a little bit, obvious about the obvious. The, you know, the COVID lockdown, the the lack of the ability to go to a, to a church and so forth. So, you know, what a better person to talk to than you for us to kind of sort through this, and for all the guys listening to sort through this and figure out what what we need to do moving forward. Well, one of the things we got to do is first of all keep praying <laughs> that this comes to an end, and uh, one of the things throughout this whole um, epidemic that I, I think we just need to go back to the basic gospel message. And the first thing that I think we all have to do is repent. Mm. You know, I really think it's a time to really look deeply into our lives and what are those areas of our lives that we really need to turn turn from sin and, and turn towards God and, and to believe in the gospel. 
you know, um, I think with all this time and, and solitude that we, we do have, it's a, it's a great opportunity to really just reflect, right, how do I get holier? How do I, you know, and again, it begins with repentance. Mm-hmm. What, a, what a great you Great sound like St. John the Evangelist, the voice crying in the wilderness, Father. <laughs> well, you know, when you, you listen to what's going on in the world, nobody's really, you know, trumpeting that, the gospel mm. message of repentance. Mm. And, you know, and, and that's the first thing that we need to really look, I think, into our hearts. Mm. You know, and the more we can repent, the more we become holier, you know, the more we just draw closer to the Lord. Father, Father. Talk to the guys in Trenton in particular, and I, I say that because their churches are closed. They don't have access to confession, um, or at least not scheduled confession. What, what do you want your parishioners, and we can extrapolate that out really to everyone, what do you want them to do, and, and how, how should they embrace repentance without this great sacrament of it being available? Well, again, from, from their hearts, you know, I, I think, each day the Church really does call us for an examination of conscience, you know, and to really take that to, to heart, to really, you know, reflect on, and again, the first thing is invite the Holy Spirit in. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you what needs to be, you need to repent of, and, and the Holy Spirit will be true to you, and, and really reveal things. And, and then just go before the Lord right now, and just say, Lord, you know, I, I'm sorry, you know, give me the grace to, to change. Mm. Um, but it really is, is the work of the Holy Spirit right now that we need to, to just reveal to us you know, what, is, what is it that we have to repent of. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. You know, Father, I, I, I'm lucky enough to live in uh, Pennsylvania, as we say, and uh, they have uh, the churches are still open for confession on Saturdays, and, and in general they're, they're open. Like, you can go sit in the churches. Um in, in, in the diocese, Archdiocese of Philadelphia is, I guess, where, where I actually live, even though I'm only two minutes across the border from the Diocese of Trenton. But uh, I went to confession last week, and, and um, the uh, priest gave me the, the um, most stringent penance I've ever had. Uh, he said, you know, this was May 2nd, Saturday, right? And month is May is the month of Mary. And uh, he said, being that it's the month of Mary, uh, I want you to say rosary every day for uh, the rest of the month. And wow. I was like, whoa. Wow. I said, Father, that's a little bit more than the usual three Hail Marys. <laughs> you, were, you, were, you, were brokering, you were brokering a leader sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It was, uh, it was spot on. You know, I knew it was from the Holy Spirit. And he basically, you know, quoted the memorare to me, you know, that now I had a particular you know, particular sin I confessed, and, and he said, "Never was it known that anyone, you know, who, wow. who brought Fled to my protection, yeah, right. that, that brought it, brought sure. a request or you know to the Blessed Mother that it was ever turned down. Never was it known. He didn't say he was saying the memorari, but uh, you know, and I've been actually struggling the last number of months to say uh, my rose saying the rosary has been a little spotty. I haven't been I haven't been doing it every day, mm. uh, and somehow this priest knew that supernaturally that that's what I needed, uh, and it's and it's been great. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's uh, like you that's said, awesome. yeah, that, that is that is awesome. The the, the joke in that father is uh, which line was he on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which confessional was he? In? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that is phenomenal because I talk about, um, you know, that that's the penance that really keeps giving because, you know, t- they say it takes 21 days to even build a habit, right? Mm. So you're building a spiritual habit in a sense, mm. even just on a human level. 
And and it's so yeah. that was definitely from the Holy Spirit. What what have you been doing uh, at your parish? I know you're you're at the most media, social media savvy, so, yep. technology savvy, like person that I know out there. Never mind priest, <laughs> uh, person well, out there. I think that's overrated, but came <laughs> a, a lot with uh, you know through social media. We've been live streaming our, our masses on Sunday. Yeah. Adoration um, too. I see adoration from you guys. Yeah, adoration every day. We we have something up uh, for people, and, and they're beautifully responding to it. Um, you know, we send out robocalls. You know, uh, uh, I've given all the parishioners my my cell phone. If they they want to pray with me over the phone, they can pray with me over the phone. Wow. Um, That's we're really uh, trying that... to reach out as much as we can. You know, the d- daily holy hours are live stream. Uh, Father Rick, my uh, Osborne, our associate here, he. Um, yeah, he's been going into the neighborhoods with the Blessed Sacrament. Um, we've been doing Zoom prayer meetings. Um, last weekend, last Sunday, our life team had a, a virtual um, retreat on you know on, on, online with, with the teens. So we're doing, I think, everything that we can to just to keep reaching out. Mm. You know, and the beautiful thing how the people respond is you know, we have such a large campus here and a lot of shrines to the Blessed Mother's Sacred Heart. And, and and the campus has really turned into a park, you mm. know, and people are coming and they're stopping at the shrines, they're praying at the shrines. Um, it's it's beautiful. Um, you know, we traditionally have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, perpetual adoration. And, of course, that has been closed. Um, but people are still pulling up in their cars in the parking lot and spending their holy hours in the wow. parking lot, knowing the Blessed Sacraments in the church. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. So, so people are, are responding. You know, um, they're, they're hungry for the Lord. Mm. And to some of them, it's like nothing's going to stop them from their, their time with Jesus. You know, that's a, an amazing, amazing to hear that. And it, it juxtaposed to the loud voice of what we see on TV and, and angry people when we go to the grocery stores and so forth. That's, it's so encouraging to, to have your vantage point of being at the parish and seeing you know, the, the, the great people that show up and, you know, they tend to be the quiet people too. You know, they're, they're not the ones making a big, big noise, you know, and, uh, it's important for us to know that that exists. And, and maybe that's a great role model for us that maybe we should do the same, be a little mm. bit more vigilant of showing up, you know, in little ways, you know, I, I you can co- almost say that those are little ways. Um, but wow. And yeah, fa- I mean, they're beautiful witnesses, you know, um, beautiful witnesses. And it's amazing. So, Father, I've gotten emails from you, and, and th- that you're uh, with your cell phone uh, number in it, and you know, give me a call anytime. Not personal emails to me. Part of like your your blast emails. It could be. I would oh, imagine. That's personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> but I would imagine it could be, uh, let's say, a little risky or even overwhelming for a pastor of such a large parish just to put his cell phone number out there. How have has have you been overwhelmed with calls? How's how's that going? Well, I'm getting a lot of calls. You know, people are are frightened. Um, mm. There's a lot of need for prayer out there. Um, somebody you know knows everyone. Everyone knows somebody who has the virus, and it's very frightening. Mm. And so we're praying. We're interceding. Uh, storm in heaven with them, and uh, especially elderly. The elderly are, are really fearful right now. Yeah. Mm. 
That makes sense. When you, when you look at the uh, median mortality, it's, it's 80 years of age. So the older you are, the more at risk you are, clearly. Right. A so, beautiful thing happened yesterday. You know, I said, if you have any prayer requests, want me to include in my holy hour um, through an email. I got one email um, that a lady said she needed help watching her mother while she goes to work. And the very next email was from somebody who said, does anybody need any help or assistance? Um, I'm willing to help them. So I connected those two uh, people yesterday, and they can help each other out. Mm. It was a, you know, Holy Spirit inspired, because both the emails were right next to each other, one after another. That's amazing. Wow. So God, yeah, God answered the prayers, yeah. Mm. Wow. So, the other thing we have is, like, you know, with the Trenton Unbound that we have from the um, Diocese of Trenton Catholic Charismatic Renewal, uh, we have teams that are praying over the phone with people. And so if anybody wants a team of Unbound, um, they can you know, email uh, trentonunbound at gmail.com, and we'll have a team pray with them. Wow. So we're, we're trying to reach out to everybody. Um, again, it's, it's trying to work out of the box and navigate something that we really are an uncharted territory with. You know? and, and they would call you and pray with you uh, over the phone then, Father? They'd have a team, yeah. They'd pray with you. Um, somebody pray with you, yes. That's really cool. Wow, that's amazing. That is. And listen, a lot of people are hurting, so that, that's good to know, to get mm. that out there. How, how are you personally feeling right now? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. You know, spending a, a lot of time walking and praying the rosary, you know, <laughs> so, uh, doing all the healthy things. Um, yeah, I want, I, I want to say something phenomenal. to you about walking, Father. You, 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 you put a curse on me and you didn't realize you did it. <laughs> I, I downloaded this walking A curse app. or a blessing, Bill? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still debating. So I downloaded this, this walking app because at the conference, Father had this app and, and I was like, oh, let me download this thing. And now I find myself like, like doing everything I can to get to these 10,000 steps if I'm not there. Like, I'm, I'm pacing in my bedroom with my wife there, looking at, what are you doing? i got to get to 10,000 steps. And heaven forbid I leave my dresser without the phone to go to the bathroom or something. Oh, I just lost, like, 50 steps. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. <laughs> What's the app called? Um, this one is called, uh, my gosh, what is it steps? called? Yeah, Steps. Just That's called it. Steps. steps. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, that's it. Yeah, so. a fun, funny story about that with one of my aunts. I think this was the Fitbit. So um, <laughs> everybody in, in their house, they would hear when she went upstairs to the bathroom, they would hear this like banging on the floors and wondering what, what's like, what's that shaking going on upstairs in the bathroom? And uh, they eventually discovered that even when she was on the on the on the bowl that she was moving her feet up and down so she gets steps. <laughs> but that doesn't work. But that doesn't work with the steps. I've oh, it tried I've tried okay. that. I've tried that. I've jittered myself. I've moved around and it doesn't work. I don't know if you if that's your experience, Father, but you have to really be walking for this to work. You have to be walking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it figures it out. Uh, I am I'm, I'm scared to think as to how they figured that out. <laughs> but I, I you can't fool these guys. Father, how um How's the parish, uh, St. Mary's in Middletown, where you're the pastor, how's, how's the parish doing, um, you know, let's say on, on the financial front, um, how are you uh, working? Because, you know, obviously people aren't in, in, in the pews every Sunday, 
So I'm sure collect your, are your collections down or what have you been doing to oh, ensure yeah. the, the, the to... collections are, are really down and, yeah. um, but the people are very generous too. Um, you know, we, you know, we have a GoFundMe page. We, we have online giving and, and people are, are stepping up and, but it's still not the same as when we have a church full of people. Mm. Um, so that's a challenge. What what are you hearing um, from the from the parishioners uh, that you're speaking to? Or uh, how are the economic situations? Are a lot of people hurting with jobs and so forth? Yeah, um, yeah there are. You know, we're, we're close to New York here, um, so you know, there's a lot of layoffs, a lot of layoffs, and um, it's a challenge. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of the layoffs too, from what it seems like, are you know in the service industries, like restaurants and, oh, and places yeah. like that. And a lot of these jobs are not really high-paying jobs to begin with, you know. And I think people that are getting, right. thankfully, the government is helping out, right, with unemployment and, and assistance and things like that. I know at our parish at St. Rafe's, and I think you did too, Father. You were able to get a um, a PPP loan, right, from um, yes, we were for the school. For the school, yeah, we we did as well for the for the school, uh, which is, I mean, really life saving. <laughs> yeah, but even even, much so. even those that um, those people have lost their jobs, and a lot of those jobs aren't going to come back. By the way, like when George mentions the restaurant business, but um, but even people in the in the, the white collar and uh, uh, blue collar areas, they they're docked, so they might not have completely lost their 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 jobs, but they've had major cuts in their salaries, hopefully temporarily. But um, I think uh, the the economics of this is you know there's a humbling that's that's going to take place and maybe that's not a bad thing in the long run spiritually, but it certainly doesn't make things easy for us yeah. today. Well, including you too, Bill. Right? I know yeah. you told me that you thirty percent thirty percent pay cut, and you know I work for the Yankees, and and um, a lot of my pay is based on commission from sponsorship sales and no games, yeah. no sponsorship fees, and you know so I'm going to be taking a big cut this year too. I think. Depending on how many baseball wow. games there are, <laughs> yeah, wow. it could it could be. Well, a let me really... just tell you something that happened with our school yesterday. Um, you know, teachers Appreciation Week, and our teachers have been working so hard. You know, as all our teachers are, um, you know, trying to teach online. But uh, we had all the teachers gather around three o'clock um, and stood outside their classrooms, you know, socially distant from each other, and they had a teachers appreciation motorcade, a parade. And it was led by four fire trucks and um, about 300 cars of our parents and students just driving around the school honoring our, our teachers. Um, that is a lot of cars. That is a lot of cars. That is a lot of cars. Yeah. You were standing out there <clears throat> like 40 minutes just waving. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is awesome. But it was a beautiful thing that really shows a, a great support of, of, of our parish community, our school community. Uh, for our teachers. You know, Father, today, uh, and it is the case for every every time we have the show, we have a saint of the month, and this particular month's saint is St. Joseph the Worker, whose feast was last Friday. Um, it's sort of befitting that it's St. Joseph the Worker with so many people hurting for jobs and so forth, as, as we kind of thought, even though it's the month of Mary, where we always obviously revere Mary. What, what are your thoughts on St. Joseph the Worker? Is there something you'd like to talk to the guys about? Do you have a relationship with St. Joseph? Or is there anything you think that they can they can glean from having a relationship with St. Joseph, especially in these times? Sure, just his faithfulness. Uh, on, on my nightstand, I have a beautiful statue of 
St. Joseph holding the, you know, the infant Jesus. And each night, you know, and I picked this up from Pope Francis. I heard he did this. Uh, one of the popes, I believe it's Francis, um, puts petitions underneath the, the statue at night, hmm. um, prayer request. And so I, I asked for St. Joseph's intercession constantly, you know, um, the, you know, patron of the church, but uh, to really just to intercede for us. So every night before I go to bed, you know, I write some petitions out and I place it underneath the statue um, just for his intercession. Yeah, so I, was, I really just encourage the men to really, just, you know, to to really go to St. Joseph, you know, go, go um, to this defender of the Church um, for his intercession, um, for, for your families, for, and for particularly now for all the unemployed, yeah. um, just to, to pray uh, for his intercession. Yeah, I think it's, you know, with St. Joseph, it's important to remember that, you know, from a Catholic perspective, you know, work is, it's a source of dignity, right? It's, um, it's not punishment, you know, it's something that has to be done. Um, and, you know, right now, right, people are unable to work, like, a, you know, just a life of, I won't say leisure right now, but, you know, I think, thankfully, a lot of us are able to work from home, but... Um, without that responsibility of work, being able to provide for your family, you know, that's you always tell me, Father Jeff, how men are wired for that, right? Mm. To be able to work and provide exactly. and protect for our families. And there's a lot of men right now who, you know, are have, probably having a hard time doing that or feeling like they're doing it. Um, so, you know, St. Joseph, the worker, it's really a perfect time for us to, to, you know, to pray for his intercession to help us get back to work, I think. Absolutely. You know, our men's group in the parish that manage you um, every night. They they do a virtual rosary together, and they also ask for Saint Joseph's intercession. Mm. But every night um, since this pandemic, they've been getting together every single night. I'm so proud of them, um, and they're online and they're and they're praying together. Mm. Um, again, that's a very powerful when men come together to pray. Yeah, and. Um... Are, are, is there any special devotion to St. Joseph right now with the men's group, uh, given given his feast just occurred, at least the feast of St. Joseph the Worker? Is that something you've incorporated? Well, that, that's something I'm sure they're praying for their intercession of St. Joseph. <clears throat> um, right now they're praying the rosary every night you know, for the month of May. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just, um, just spiritually, when I reflect on, on going back to St. Joseph, you know, we, we as men can really relate to him because he had all the stresses we had. He had to figure out how to feed his family, find work, clothe them, protect and provide, as George mentioned. You know, he had to, you know, deal with all those stresses. He, in fact, he even taught Jesus Christ a, a trade. I mean, you think about, you know, child rearing. He was there for all of it. So, I mean, if there's one saint that any guy listening to this can relate to, it's St. Joseph. So I, we really do want to make a push to um, to really for the guys to, to develop that devotion if you don't already have it, certainly in this month and certainly because the church, he is the patron of the church. So we, we, we need his help right now for sure. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and, and we should remember that his... Uh, his son worked as well, right? His son was also a carpenter, <laughs> yeah. right? Not just Saint Joseph. <laughs> he taught he taught God how to do how to do an honest day's work. <laughs> Probably first by example, right? Yes, no doubt. <laughs> so what what um you know with the last two minutes or so, 
what final thoughts would you like to get to the to the people listening to this, um, whether they be in the Diocese of Trenton, throughout Jersey, parts of New York, Pennsylvania, and really all over the world, because people uh, in different nations uh, get this this uh, this particular program. What what message do you want to get out there, Father? This is a very unique time, and there are so many opportunities for us to grow uh, spiritually, to grow in our relationship with Jesus, and to not to miss this unique opportunity for that purpose, to really um, spend time daily in prayer, and, and, and praying that I believe that, that this pandemic will be shortened through our prayers, uh, a cure will be uh, for the virus will be found, but we, we need to be serious about this encountering Jesus in a deeper way. Um, and so don't give up praying, don't get discouraged. Um, Jesus is still on his throne, he still reigns. Um, you're not defeated. Um, just keep that vision of hope. You once said something very profound to me. I mentioned it early in the show, and I've mentioned this to you a few times. We are a people of hope, right? The gospel is good news. So Absolutely. we need to bear those smiles as we hit the day to day when someone cuts you off with that shopping cart or uh, maybe looks at you because you took two steps backwards against the flow of traffic because everything's one way now in the supermarkets. <laughs> you know, it's smile, you know, smile, you know, even though they might not be able to see it, they can read your eyes as the window of the soul. You know, let's be people of, of hope. Let's be people of joy. Let's be people of the gospel. Let's take a uh, father. Father Jeff's word on that, and and we will get through this, and we definitely will get through this. Father, I, I just want to say thank you so much for spending this time with us. You, you're really uh, one of the, the spiritual centers of this entire program that we run. You've, you've influenced both George and I in an immense way. And we, this apostolate, Catholic men, yeah, this apostolate, Catholic men for Jesus Christ. I mean, without you, Father, I, I don't think this... Uh, exists uh today you know so we we thank well, you, you know, we love you and you guys are you guys are great you know you guys are working hard and uh great witnesses of family life and and holy men so thank you oh thanks thank you and uh if if you guys didn't realize it uh our last conference was at saint mary's in middletown father jeff's great parish where where people are are showing up and Stopping at the different crushes, the stopping at the different statues of Mary, stopping to pray, stopping to reflect. Let's let's uh, extrapolate that across the diocese. Let's pray. Let's come together as in the way that we can, and let's get through this as brothers in arms. God bless you guys. God bless you, Father. God bless you guys. God bless. Take care, Father. We love you, guys. Thank you so much. We wish you all the best. Be safe out there. Be reasonable with your decisions. Be joyful. And we will see you in 30 days. No. Uh, 20, 20, 25, four three weeks. Or something a few, like that. A few weeks. <laughs> God bless, guys. Take care. Take it in, but don't look down. I'm on top of the world.